Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. More soft tyre races. Oh, it's good for us. You know, it's, it, the soft tyre's actually shaken up the racing a bit. And... Yes, Marina's gearing up for round one. Just that spectacle of, of, of getting out there and doing something different. And combining that with V8s just gives us a great weekend. And Webb gets Triple Eight support. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. 2011 will see 11 events with soft tyres, six of those completely soft starting the season at Abu Dhabi, then it's Hamilton, Winton, Queensland Raceway, Gold Coast, Simmons Plains and Sandown. Adelaide, Phillip Island, Bathurst and Sydney will be control tyres only. Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlock explains why. Certainly an increase across the board for both soft and hard tyre, so it'll just help the guys' tyre banks and just help, you know, as opposed to running around on used tyres and everything they've had sitting around for a while sort of deal, just... um, uh, a bigger allocation of tyres over the over the, the course of the weekend sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it could uh, close the field up a bit. A new look Australian Grand Prix event will have a split between hard and soft tyres, as will Hidden Valley, Townsville and the return to Barbagello. But Fitzsimmons is already looking at what will be required when the car of the future hits the tracks in 18-inch rims. The development will start uh, mid-year, you would think, sort of thing, to have tyres here for the end-of-season testing uh, or testing early in the next year, but certainly you want to see them on that tyre fairly early in the piece in 2012, I would imagine. Jonathan Webb will remain with Ford, confirming that his team will have Triple Eight support, with Andy McElray, team manager, and Jeff Slater moving from DJR to stay with Webb at Techno Autosports. As mentioned, Abu Dhabi will be the first race of the year. Richard Cragen told the V8 Insiders why he was in Sydney for the 500. Uh, it, was a, it was a huge success for us. Uh, obviously it was the first race in the championship which was a privilege for us to have uh, but on top of that I mean V8s are so so popular with us um, and we're, we're here mainly to have a look at how you guys do it and, and really to learn from that and to maximise the event in, in, in the Asmarina circuit. And is Craigan concerned about Abu Dhabi now being the only Middle Eastern round? Not really, I mean you know we're, we fully back the, the V8 series, I mean Tony has uh, showed confidence in, in, in coming to uh, Abu Dhabi to have a race and we want to return that confidence and, and give him a great show and I think that's the great thing that we can see here is that it is a show and I think it's you know the, the greatest show on wheels is is is, is, a, is an apt term because it's just so open to the public and everybody can just get in, see their heroes, meet them, and, and that's what we want to do. That's the kind of racing we want to have. 2011 sees changes in qualifying procedures. Each race will continue to have its own qualifying, but shootouts will only be at marquee rounds. These are Adelaide, Hamilton, Townsville, the Gold Coast, Sydney, 
and Bathurst. The Perth round is a return to the sprint round format with one qualifying session and three races. Former team owner and former board member Tim Miles has been commissioned to value the V8 Supercar Series as plans for its potential sale by CEL on the 25% it owns is continuing. The V8 Insiders has contacted various overseas parties who had expressed interest in the series but have advised with the strength of the Australian dollar and the impact of the global financial crisis on sports entertainment organisations around the world, they are currently not in a position to consider a purchase. Andrew Jones told the V8 Insiders that he had a terrific 2010. It was terrific at Phillip Island. We had really good car speed at Bathurst. You had a throttle issue, but up until that point, we made our way from the back of the grid up into the hunt there. And, you know, there's loads of stories, but we were in the hunt at that point at Bathurst. That was good. Goldie, again, had great speed um, from both JR and I. got caught up in, you know, what history will show is a, a stupid decision on my behalf, the team's behalf, whatever you want to call it. Um, Sandown was obviously quite bad, but this weekend we've got good speed here again. So, you know, at the minute I'm enjoying life and my kids are terrific. My wife is beautiful, so life is terrific, mate. Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlop says that the organisation needs to look at the tyres for the Fujitsu series in the near future. I personally would like to see a softer tyre on the Fujitsu cars. Um, they don't do a lot of testing anyway, so the fact that then people are saying that they won't have as many tyres, but I think it'll just help teach the guys a bit better at the moment. The tyre is very hard and very durable, but it's built to do a job, and it's built to last at Abu Dhabi and Darwin in 40-odd degree track temperature, it's, and it's built to last and work at a 2 degree t- temperature at Winton. So you need to um, sort of, everyone needs to remember that it is a compromise and it's got to work at 16 different circuits and of varying degrees of track temperatures and surfaces and all sorts of things and everything. So, But for the Fujitsu guys, I would um, like to see possibly a softer tyre, but then again, you run into the Bathurst scenario, there's a, there's a problem there. But maybe a tyre between the two that we've got now, which we did test back in uh, 2008, um, and I believe that would be a very, very good way forward for them because it would just help them enormously, especially the guys at the back part that don't have the money to spend on development and testing and stuff like that, just uh, help them get, a, you know, get to grips with things, as you might say. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Neville Wilkinson and Grant Rowley will join me. Then later, we announce the winner of the 2010 Andrew Lang PR Award. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from V8X Magazine, new edition on sale now, it's Neville Wilkinson. Good evening, Nev. G'day, how are you? Not too bad at all. Happy New Year to everybody. It is the first show of the new year and we're joined by Grant Rowley from Speed Cafe. Grant, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, guys, uh, you think 
we're going to have a nine-week break. Everyone will be doing nothing because they want to make the most of the break. And, Nev, how far from the truth is that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so much, so much happened after we went off when the season finished with drivers moving and sponsors and we still haven't got it all resolved yet. I think one of the amazing things, Grant, is uh, the much-vaunted announcement of Will Davison at Ford Performance Racing still hasn't been made. I guess it doesn't really matter. It's a bit of an anti-climax for those in the know. Uh, they're going to have to do something pretty exciting to to make it an exciting announcement. Maybe shoot him out of a big, uh, a large cannon or something. And... <laughs> yeah, I was thinking this <laughs> But uh, look, it, I mean, look, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter. We're just waiting for a confirmation. And you know, from Speed Cafe's point of view, it'd be nice if it just happens sooner rather than later, so we can uh, talk to him, get it over and done with him and just press on, but really, I don't think it doesn't really matter. Mm. And, of course, I guess one driver that's, uh, or one seat that's yet to be confirmed is the seat at Kelly Racing, Nev, because uh, we've once again heard the rumours that uh, Jason Barguana is going to move across to Brad Jones Racing. So I guess there's three seats in play of which we all know who's going to be driving. Well, yes, I mean... It, the rumours are everywhere. I mean, we all, you know, Will Davis are expecting an announcement from him any day. Um, there's obviously the movement at Cali Racing. That's, you know, that's all worked out to, to benefit everybody, so to speak. Um, and then there's, yeah, the DJR one. Um, and we all, you know, the word is that uh, James Moffat might have the gig on that one. So, you know, there's going to be no surprises. I think all the surprises, think all the surprises have happened. Happen. Yep. All of them have and Grant, uh, well, one story that most of us have been following for a few months now is the SEL have uh, decided that they might want to move on. Uh, yeah, that's right. That uh, that story, I guess, has been kicking around for a little bit. No one really reported it too much before the new year. Um, yeah, right, right up until New Year's Eve, I think, and. Uh, um, yeah, so look, they're 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 trying to sell, or they're looking they're uh, looking at um, ways to sell and see if it's possible, see if it's viable. And I don't know. I guess um, I think from what I understand, they're reasonably keen to do it, but uh, they're sort of just figuring out the best way to do it, where they can get the best deal financially and and uh, and the best deal for the team. So uh, you know, they've, they've, uh, they keep a, a pretty good future. I know, Nev, around about the uh, Singapore Grand Prix time when I was speaking to my contacts over in Europe, they're all saying with the global financial crisis and just the, the lack of income being generated by sporting entertainment organisations over there, they didn't have the money to uh, pursue an opportunity which they see would be a good one in the long term. Well, first of all... Someone's Someone going to have the money to pursue a good opportunity. No one lets good opportunities go, so um, that's, um, that's just business. But I would say SEL uh, may be looking at sell. They haven't come out that they wanted to sell their quarter, but obviously the signs are there. The signs have been there for a long time, actually, that, um, that SEL may be available. Uh, looking to sell their portion of their supercars. And let's face it, they'll only sell it if the price is right. 
Um, they're not just going to give it away. Um, so obviously they need to figure out how much they feel it's worth. And Tony Cochran's getting going around saying the V8 supercars is worth $400 million. Well, it's not actually worth that much. Um, it's worth that much if you add all the sponsorship. But when you come to buy a business, it's got nothing to do with how much is generated through the business. It's all about the dividend at the end of the year. And that's what they're trying to figure out, you know. What is it actually worth to someone who owns it as an investment? Mm. You, uh, Grant, you, you got an inkling of who might be a player that you want to, um, that would want to get involved in V8 Supercars because... It's an interesting one. The teams could want to buy the 25%, but you do need that uh, that uh, bridge, don't you, that SEL provides with their ins to the entertainment industry with the rock and race format that they've been able to work into the series. And it's it's really not just a sporting body that can run this now. Look, I, I guess at this point it's probably anyone's guess who's going to buy it. I'm sure, like, all of the obvious players... Uh, can be listed as potential buyers, uh, for example, uh, you know, other uh, other businesses like uh, Octagon or IMG would, uh, would would make sense to assume that role. But you know, you could look at it from a it might be of interest to someone like News Limited. Uh, we've sort of seen what they can do with what they do with rugby league with the with that ownership. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's possible. Um, you know, maybe a network as well that probably wouldn't be favourable, but um, you don't want to really restrict uh, the broadcasting just to the one network. You want to make sure you get as many hits as possible. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. May, or maybe at the end of the day it will just be sold to the Middle East and uh, similar to what they're talking about, um, form, where Formula One might, might go in the future when, when Bernie gets out. So, uh yeah, look, a few options, and I don't know, it's easy to speculate at this point, but uh, we'll probably have a better picture in uh, six or so months. Mm. I guess the big thing, Neville, is no SEL, no Tony Cochran. Well, that may not be the case. They may say, look, if someone comes in and buys it off here SEL, that Tony Cochran has to stay in a job for another year or two. Um, but he will eventually get out. But... I think the sport's moved from an entrepreneurial type uh, arrangement where it was all about growing the sport, where it's pretty much, you know, it's not maxed out, but the growth is slower. It's not as fast. as It's a different animal now. They've got a market there. They've got everything in place now. They probably need to change the management structure of the business in regards to capitalising with what they've got and growing it that way. Mm. Well, moving on, and of course, we've seen a few changes in the way the racing is going to be structured next year. Might start before the break and talk about the change to our top 10 qualifying grant i i've never been a fan of every race or or at least every saturday race having a top 10 shootout and it seems that perhaps the fans have spoken and uh, and v8 supercars have listened because there's uh, only going to be v8 supercar races going to have a top 10 shootout uh yeah look i don't mind the rule as well uh now i think there's going to be six of the races that all have top ten shootouts, and um, I guess I sort of think back to the days where Bathurst was the only place that there was a top ten shootout, and you kind of look forward all year to that Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, as it ended up being, where uh, where you'd have that shootout, and then eventually the uh, the 
concept kicked on to what we had last year and for the last couple of years where every round had a top 10 shootout. So uh, I think, yeah, changing it back to uh, just for the sort of marquee events, uh, some of our special events, then um, I guess... Uh, the, the top drivers aren't going to get uh, aren't going to get much practice with top ten shootouts. You might see if, uh, a couple more mistakes on their one lap flyers. Um, but uh, look, I don't know if it's a case of the fans uh, the fans speaking about it, but um, but but uh, might work out better for uh, event scheduling mm. uh, more than anything. Nev, what's your thoughts on that change? I love it. I'm not a fan of the top 10 shootout. I'm, I like the top 10 shootout at Bathurst and, and some of the marquee events, but I was not a fan of the top 10 shootout. Seriously, I would, the best viewing in qualifying was that Sunday qualifying because I knew they didn't have a top 10 shootout, so it had to be then or n- not at all. And um, I found that Saturday's qualifying, if you're in the top 10, they'd back off a little bit because they're trying to save some of their rubber for the shootout or vice versa, all that kind of stuff. So I actually I actually like the, the fact that there's going to be less shootouts. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more to come right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lowndes from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us, Grant Rowley from Speed Cafe and V8X's Editor-in-Chief is Neville Wilkinson. And Nev, uh, well, we talked about the Top 10 shootout. I think it's interesting they've not been scared to play with the formats either because Perth's going to have the sprint race formula with three races across the weekend. Well, yeah, because they can't do pit stops um, because the pit lane's too narrow. This is the uh, part of the OHS issue with Perth. So they've decided to have the, the old sprint race format that really didn't have pit stops. Sure, if you had a flat tyre and you needed to come to the pits, you pitted. But <laughs> basically, if you had to do that, your race was pretty much over anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's back to the... It's almost a, a retro round with uh, one qualifying session and then and then three races throughout the weekend. Grant, does, interesting. Grant does that mean that uh, V8 Supercars have actually changed their sponsorship agreement with Sacrogen? Because part of the agreement was you had to get fuel every race. Wow, wow that's an interesting question and I can't answer it uh, with, uh, with any authority, but... Look, I guess it's better that the category goes to uh, WA and visits uh, every state again, uh, and I'm pretty sh- sure Suckergen would uh, be um, accepting of that. Mm. Now, of course, the other change, Grant, is uh, soft tyres. We're going to see a lot more soft tyres, and interestingly enough, we're going to see a lot more soft tyre-only races in this year. I could... There's absolutely no complaints from my quarter about that. The racing was uh, clearly better. Um, maybe, uh, and then look, and as you say, like most of the, some of the rounds, 
I think it's uh, as many as six or seven have are all soft tyre, and then there's a few where there's a mix of uh, some softs and some hards, but um, in the majority, there's a, certainly a lot more uh, soft tyre races. We're going to see some soft tyres used at circuits where we saw some pretty boring racing, including Hamilton, uh, even Townsville this year, uh, last year was, um, was was a bit of a snooze as well at some points, and both of those circuits are going to have soft tyres. I, I believe Hamilton is completely soft tyre, so um, that's uh, that's that's really good, and, and I think it's just going to make for make for better racing. Nev, Jason Baguana said maybe to me maybe this isn't the answer a few months ago because he said. It'll be, won't it be a lot more monkey see, monkey do? He said, at least when you had one soft set of tyres that you could run on Saturday or Sunday, then you had a chance for different different things happening and, and people getting to the podium that are completely different. Well, I, I agree with what he's saying. Um, you've got to be careful with the soft tyres. To be honest, if all the cars are on soft tyres, nothing really changes regardless whether it's hard or soft. It's just that different teams tend to be able to uh, work out the soft tyres a lot better. If they didn't have the full soft tyres rounds, James Courtney would have not have been the 2010 champion because that was the one, that were the rounds that he excelled in. He, he, he could really manage those soft tyres. And, and the only race with soft tyres where they didn't have to change into hard tyres was uh, the Saturday race, well, one Saturday race at uh, Tasmania. And honestly, that was as boring as... And um, it's because every driver was on the same soft tyre. They knew the tyres were going to go off, but they knew they could get them to the end if they look after them a bit. So every every team started the race. There was a bit of shenanigans, but get into line, and then they all conserved, played the conservative game for the soft tyres to get to the end. And that was really boring. And this is by the reason in the, in the past that uh, the, the touring, Australian Touring Car Championship suffered was they had this problem years ago. And... Um, the teams would just slot into line, and the races were so short that they they just they just they just go into line. If someone made a mistake, great, there was probably a pass, but more likely there wasn't. I, I hope they don't go back down that track there. So uh, the soft tyres were great, except that short race in Tasmania gave you a glimpse that if everybody's on the same thing, they're all going to do the same. You know, as as Grant said, it's monkey see, monkey do. Mm. Well, it's gas and go time here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and go brought to you by the latest edition of V8X magazine, of course, which has got the Orcon Steel Falcon on the cover, and uh, it's a good-looking race car too. Gas and go from VHX. Grant Rowley, the International V8 Supercar Championship. Is this the Aussie version of the US Baseball World Series? I, I guess you could kind of look at it like that. I don't. Uh, I don't really. I don't really think so. Look, it just uh, opens up the chances for the championship to expand into more uh, to have more international rounds, uh, and that's you know, over the next five years and it's and it's in a position to do that and before the fans start getting upset about taking local rounds away, the V8s have already said that there'll always be ten rounds here but um, we might just end up with a few more OS. Mm. Nev? Yeah, I'm not against that. Um, if if it's, is it going to be the US Baseball World Series, who knows? Probably not like, probably not like that but... Um, I'm all for the expansion as long as they don't take any more rounds away from Australia. Mm. Now, the car of the future is delayed. Nev, will this, uh, do you think, impact the launch of the car eventually? Yes. 
How much? Who knows? <laughs> Grant? I don't think even VA supercars know. Grant? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about what the uh, significance of the delays are, and I guess you know where there's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. So um, maybe, but uh, let's uh, let's find out. There, uh, you know, every day that ticks by, we're uh, getting closer to it. Mm. What's the pinnacle of success, Grant Rowley? Winning Bathurst, the championship, the team's championship. What do you think the measure should be? Um, certainly, uh, look, you could look at it, uh, everybody's got their own different agenda, uh, but, you know, if I was a race car driver, I personally would say, um, Bathurst would be a pretty damn good, uh, year if, if I was standing on top of the podium, but, uh, you know, for others, it's the championship and for the team managers, uh, they'll, uh, they might say that team's championship but um personally i reckon if you uh you win bathurst you've had a pretty damn good year nev uh it's like comparing apples with oranges with cucumbers let's face it if out of the two the two we'd look at is bathurst and the championship or drivers championship the team's championship only really means a lot to the teams and their pit lane selection now they hold that in pretty high regard and so they should but when it comes to winning bathurst or the uh, the cha- the drivers championship it's really hard to pick. Grant's, Grant hit the nail on the head. Bathurst's great to win, but then so is the championship, and each has different reasons why it's great to win. Mm. The championship is actually getting more prestigious, I think, as uh, as time goes on, and, and the younger guys are even now would consider the championship uh, over Bathurst. Some of the uh, traditionalists... Um, Something like the uh, Mark Scapes and maybe even the Craig Lounses of the world would definitely put uh, Bathurst over those over over the championship. Mm. But um, the Courtneys and the Wind Cups of the world, I think they'd prefer to win the championship. I tell you what, the sponsors hide the high uh, hold the championship crown higher than the Bathurst crown too. Uh, to me, it's whichever one you win is the one that you think is most <laughs> important, <laughs> Neville. In your magazine, V8X, you found out that Todd Kelly says he may call it quit, uh, may call it quits to work on team success. Is he too young to even be contemplating retirement? Um, no, there's no too young or too old. The thing is, it's his priority, priorities. I mean, he might actually take more pleasure out of running the team than competing. And Larry Perkins is one of these aspects where Larry Perkins is really an engineer first and a driver second. And per- Larry find it cheaper if he drove and he'd have to pay another driver. And he was quite successful at it as well. Don't, don't get me wrong. The, the thing is he loved his engineering. And, and, and that's fine that Todd Kelly is that way inclined where, where he loves an aspect of the business other than just the driving. And he obviously understands that the business succeed. He's got to be successful as a driver or he's got to stand aside and get a better driver in the car. It's as simple as that. Grant, your thoughts? I don't think Todd is considering retiring just uh, just yet. I don't think he'll retire until he's the worst performing driver within his own organisation, and certainly this year, he, uh, sorry, 2010, he wasn't uh, he wasn't that. So the championship, he wants to get a couple more Bathurst, and uh, until he does that, I don't think he's going to hang a, hang up the helmet. All right, and finally, on gas and go, will Courtney at HRT? be enough to turn a lacklustre season around, Grant? Yeah, 
oh, I don't know. The uh, difference between James Courtney and Will Davison uh, in the car is probably like a tenth, uh, you know, one way or the other. And it will depend on what track and what day and, and all of that. You know, the difference between those two guys uh, probably, probably isn't too much. He's certainly going to bring uh, something that, Will didn't have, and maybe Will had other things that, that James doesn't have as well. Well, I consider those two sort of a reasonably similar sort of uh, similar sort of level, very high level, of course. Um, but uh, you know, is it enough to is it enough to turn it around? It's going to be pretty competitive, pretty hot in there between um, between James and Gas. It, uh, it should make for good viewing, and I hope they're both sort of uh, towards the front as well. That'll make it even better. Neville. Um, don't think it's going to hurt. Definitely, uh, if it doesn't help, it's does not going to hurt either, if you know what I mean. Um, I think uh, both drivers, Will or James, uh, were, uh, have a, a good calibre in regards to their um, their competitiveness. It just, obviously, it didn't work with Will. Mm. Um, James is a different kettle of fish. It'd be very interesting to see how he slots in with the team because of my understanding is he's still going to live on the Gold Coast and commute, um, and, and, you know, HRT station down here in Melbourne so that's probably the only thing that I would say would be against James Courtney um, because you just know Gartan is going to be in there nearly every day doing doing checking all the telemetry and, and working really hard that's how he won his first championship this is Garth by working really really hard Mm. Well, it's going to be an interesting 2011. Thanks for kicking it off for us on Gas and Go, Neville Wilkinson and Grant Rowley. The pleasure having me. On the white flag lap this week, we give finally give away the 2010 Andrew Lang PR Award. I hope you stay with us for that. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, every year it has become a custom on the V8 Insiders to give away an award for PR excellence. And Andrew Lang's PR award is a coveted prize. And for the second year running, Chris Jordan has taken out the award. And Chris, it might surprise you which one we picked to give you this award for, but it was Tony Riccadello's second 20th place finish of the year press release. Uh, it was a real homage to the man who's named after Andrew Lang. Joy, how are you going? It's Andy Lang here. Oh, hey. How are you, mate? I'm well, mate. Congratulations on a fantastic prize. You must be proud. It is. It's, it's, it's following your footsteps is a very big thing. I, I don't take this on a lightly, that's for sure. <laughs> well, 220th, mate, that, you know, that, that would have been pretty good for me to write about back in the day, so... I would have taken that. <laughs> yeah, well, I just one of the rules of what we do is that every stat's a story. And uh, for Tony, he, he jagged an 18th place and a 17th place this year, so two top 20s, but didn't quite match his uh, career best, which is 16th. So I didn't get to roll that one out this year. <laughs> I like it, mate. You're, already, you're still rolling off the numbers. I like to hear it. Comfort <laughs> professional. <laughs> 
Andrew, Andrew, it was uh, it's great to have you on the show as well, and I'm sure Jordo's pleased that we've ambushed him with you. But uh, (laughs) you had uh, you had an interesting time, particularly for Glenford Tools Racing. You know, some of your work included the number of tyres that were fitted to the car and and some amazing stuff. And it might interest you to know that Chris is a two time winner of this award. Now he's won it the last two years straight. Mate, that's impressive. That is absolutely impressive. It must have been, it must have been all that time we spent in the media centre together, and you know some of my my strange angles might have rubbed off on him, or maybe vice versa. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> one of the things Langy was very good at, and and one thing I'd like to say I try from time to time is that it's a whole lot of stories in this sport that uh, people in the sport might know pretty well, but people outside the sport don't really appreciate and. It doesn't matter whether you come in first, last, or somewhere in the middle, you can still tell those stories. And that was one thing Langy was always very good at. You mentioned the tyres, stories about behind-the-scenes happenings of the team. Yeah, when the results aren't there on track, you've got to invent other ways to, to get your sponsors in the limelight. Mm. We've got sponsors, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of people that need to get need to get some coverage. So, you know, sometimes it could be a little historical fact that might have happened for the driver at the racetrack. Or, you know, there's a whole lot of things. And as you said, a lot of people... They, they they follow what happens day to day, but there's you know a pretty big Australian motor racing history and plenty of stories to go with it, and you know, that's that's what we do. The one for you, Langy, was that uh, Marcus Marshall had four home races in one season. That was the best one. Tassie, Gold Coast, <laughs> Ipswich, he was from everywhere. Yeah, well, he did. The, he was a Tassie homeboy. He was a Gold Coast homeboy. So it's you know we're, we're a travelling roadshow. That's well for Marcus, I think. <laughs> Andrew, you've done a lot of things since you had your time in the uh, V8 supercar pits, uh, going into basketball and on from there. How much difference is what you were doing in V8 supercars to what you are doing now? Uh, look, at, with the NBL, um, I came to the Gold Coast Blaze when they first started. So I went from a brand-new V8 team to a brand-new NBL team. So there was... There was a bit of synergy there, and um, things things were you know they were tough again. But thankfully, we had some results to talk about there, and we made the finals in our first year, so that was quite successful. But um, but the NBL struggled a little bit, whereas that supercars you know is a, a pretty big juggernaut, and it just keeps rolling on. So NBL's finding their feet, and then that was that was quite interesting. And then I actually moved on and moved into the corporate world for a little bit, and working for an environmental company now, Viro Rewards. So. That's certainly very different, although we, we still have members and all those sort of things and we're still talking to them and communicating and um, you know, pushing our products and services and you know, trying to get us ourselves a few column inches along the way. So there's a lot of similarities that we still look for in the PR world that you know, they really do stretch across, um, whether it's sport or corporate. Um, I think everything sort of melds in together these days a lot of the way anyway. Giorgio, you, uh, of course, have not only had the gig with Kelly Racing and Jack Daniels Racing, but you were doing a lot of work with Marcus Ambrose and, and a whole bunch of other teams as well over the last few years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all been in motorsport, but in a lot of ways it couldn't be more different uh, looking after a guy like Marcus Ambrose, obviously. Uh, I, it was really, it's almost like the Australian economy these days, how it's sort of struggling in some areas and then booming in others. With Marcus, I had the Australian... Uh, market where he was a superstar and the US market to manage where he was absolutely nobody and no one knew who he was so it was, uh, it was a case of uh, the right hand and the left hand doing two completely different things there and then yeah Kelly Racing a different animal altogether as well because you've got two uh, really high profile drivers in Todd and Rick 
um, but and high-profile brand in Jack Daniels as well. But uh, working with a brand new team, so obviously good drivers to work with is high-profile. But trying to re-educate the, the media and, and also the, the general public as to what they're doing now, because they were, had been in the Walkinshaw stable there their whole careers and. Uh, was a part of the story to tell is that they're actually doing something quite different. Mm. Now, are you going to tell us, uh, confirm with us who's driving those uh, Kelly racing cars? I know you signed <laughs> up Dave Reynolds. Well, I can confirm that Todd and Rick Kelly will be going around again in Jack Daniels' cars and that uh, David Reynolds will be driving a Straco car. Yeah, haven't haven't got around to figuring out what's happening with the fourth one yet, but we'll be sure to make some uh, announcements uh, in late January. That little piece of cherry pop information there to yourself, Jordo, and... Nice timing, always good piece of PR. Yeah, yeah, no. Todd and Rick will be sure to tell me what's going on sooner or later. It'll be fine. I'm just wondering, Langy, when you turn up, are we going down to his pits or somewhere else for the Pepsi Maxes? If anything does come to fruition, you're both more than welcome to come visit. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, look, guys. No, we will certainly hold you to that. A- Andrew. Okay. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and I know you were as surprised as everyone to know that you had an award named after you. Oh, mate, it was it was it was quite amazing when I found that out. I I did have a bit of a chuckle, but um, you know, everyone's pretty close in the in the media world, particularly in the V8 in the V8 area. So, look, it's a, it's a good fun thing that we can all have a bit of a laugh with. But you know, it's sort of good to recognise some of the some of the people that aren't you know always sitting on the podium as well and getting the easy story, as we like to say it. Jordo, <laughs> congratulations once again, and uh, thanks for all your work throughout 2011, uh, 2010. Yeah, Thank you, mate, and well done to you too. It's, uh, the radio area of our sport's probably one area where uh, participants are lacking a little bit, but you plug away there and do a show every week, and I'm, uh, as they say in talkback, long-time listener, first-time caller. So uh, have a good break, Craig. <laughs> Thanks very much. To uh, Chris Jordan, this year's 2010 Andrew Lang PR Excellence Award winner, and also thanks to Andrew for joining us, and uh, hope you have a great honeymoon, Andrew. Oh, thanks very much, and congrats again, Chris. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, my thanks to Neville Wilkinson, Grant Rowley, of course to Andrew Lang, and also to Chris Jordan. Until next time round, keep smiling, and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.